Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Uh, But tonight we are continuing um, this series. Uh, Turn to your neighbor and say, I don't know, but that's okay. We're continuing part two. Um, if you missed it, if you missed part one, it's okay. I'll give you a quick refresher. Um, the scripture, the series scripture that we have is Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6, uh, where it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. Everybody say understanding. It says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. You see, one of the strongest desires that we as humans have is that we have to know everything. I mean, can anybody be a witness to say, like, I, I need to know how it's going to happen. I need to know when it's going to happen. I need to know this. I need to be in my Google calendar. I need to have a to-do list. Like, we have this need, this want, this desire to have to know everything. We have to know how it's going to work. We have to know why it's going to happen. We have to know when it's going to happen. But as believers and followers of Jesus Christ, we have to be okay with not knowing everything. If you've ever been a follower of Jesus long enough, you know that Jesus isn't a fortune teller. Jesus isn't a genie in a bottle who will tell you everything you need to know and tell you step one, two, and three. No, Jesus operates by faith. And for us to be a follower of him, we have to be okay even if we don't know. And uh, in part one, um, we talked about uh, being okay even when we don't know when. Being okay even when we don't know the timeline of everything. Uh, being okay even if, if it doesn't align with how we think it should happen and when we think it should happen. Um, we talked about uh, the story of Abraham when he was waiting on um, Isaac to be born. And we talked about how he got impatient. And out of impatience, Ishmael was born. Because he tried to move up God's timeline to his and he messed things up. But what we talked about is that God's timing is worth the wait. And that if we just wait on God, if we wait for his win, even if we don't know when that comes, if we're okay with that, um, God will honor that. And we'll be able to see his will take place in our lives. But we're going to start part two tonight. Are are y'all excited? Are y'all ready for church? Y'all come with y'all's worship and y'all's praise on. So tonight uh, we are going to be taking a look at the life of Paul. Uh, who was once known as Saul. A lot of us know his story. Um, Paul grew up as a uh, Jewish religion. He was, uh, had Roman citizenship, and he grew up to be a Pharisee. Um, he grew up to be a hater of the way, to be a hater of the early church. He, he persecuted them. He, he sent many uh, members of the early church to their death. He, he, he had nothing to do with Jesus. He thought that was blasphemy. He thought that was uh, confusion sent from, from the devil. He, he was anti-Jesus, and he was lost, but he didn't know it. A lot of times when we're lost, we think we actually have the directions, or we actually think we know what we're doing. But what I've learned in life is when I think I know what I'm doing, a lot of times it's because I'm lost and I don't know it. I need to be in that place where I'm searching after Jesus. And so we all know the story on the road to Damascus, uh, Saul encounters the very one who he's persecuting, Jesus. And Jesus begins to show him his heart and show him that he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. And, and so Saul became Paul and he transformed his life. And if Jesus can change Saul into Paul, let me just tell you, he can change your mess 
into a masterpiece overnight. Don't, don't think that you've messed up too much for God to use you. If you can change Saul into Paul, you can change whatever mess we think we have into something to glorify him. And so Paul wrote many books in the New Testament. Um, most of these books were letters to churches that he started. Um, that's what Apostle Paul did. That's what Apostle is. He starts things. He builds things. Um, but one of the letters he wrote, uh, the book of Romans, um, he actually was writing it to these people who he hasn't met yet. He was writing this book to a church that he did not start in the book of Romans. And that's what we're going to read out of is Romans chapter 1, uh, verse 8 through 10. Romans chapter 1, verse 8 through 10. It reads this. He said, let me say first that I thank God, thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. Because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. You see, remember, he, he hasn't been to Rome. He, he hasn't been to that church, but he's aware of it. And he's, he's heard about it. And he's seen um, what has been started there, what it's doing. He said, God knows, in verse 9, he said, God knows how often I pray for you. Day and night I bring you and your needs in prayer to God, whom I serve with all my heart by spreading the good news about his son. And one of the things I always pray for is the opportunity. Everybody say opportunity. See, did you know that God's will is an opportunity, not an obligation? Uh, sometimes we get caught up in, in maybe a, a live religion but of thinking that if it's God's will, it's going to happen no matter what in our lives. That if God's will it, it's going to happen whether we like it or not. But can I say that's not the case? That God can will it for you, that that could be God's will, but it takes faith in us operating out of our free will to line ourselves up with God. And so when he says, I pray for the opportunity, what he's saying is, I want to come and visit you, Roman church. I want to come and see what's going on, but I'm waiting on an opportunity. I'm waiting for God's will to line up with that because I don't want to step outside of God's grace. You see, Paul has been through a lot of different things, and he's, he's learned that the only way to operate and the only way to reach uh, the people and the only way to, to start all the churches he did was to operate by grace. And he said, I'm not going to step outside. I'm waiting for the opportunity. See, we, see, God's will is not forced upon us. We have the freedom to choose to, and to do his will. In verse 10, he said, one of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring some spiritual gifts that will help you grow strong in the Lord. See, Paul, he, he wants to go to Rome. Uh, he wants to go visit this place, this church that's changing the world. Because back in that time, uh, the city of Rome was the center of the world. That's where all the uh, intellect was. That is where all the power and the politics was. That was where all the influence was. And so he knew that if, he, if something was started in the city of Rome, that it could literally spread into the whole world. And so he was, he was so set on visiting um, Rome, but he is confused because he... He, he hasn't had the opportunity to go yet. We're going to read one more scripture as we open in Acts chapter 23, verse 11. Acts 23, verse 11. See, this is a few years after uh, 
Paul has wrote that letter to Romans. And remember, he's asking God, hey, I need an opportunity to go to the Roman church. I, I want the opportunity to go and visit y'all. This is a few years after that. And not only does he not find himself in Rome, but he finds himself a prisoner of Rome in Jerusalem. See, what happens up to this scripture is that he goes to Jerusalem just to worship God. And in him worshiping God, he gets falsely accused by these Pharisees who are out to kill him. It even says in scripture that a group of 40 men made a pact with each other saying that we will not eat until we kill Paul. Who knows that's some hate right there. You're willing to give up Chick-fil-A for a while? together like they were out to get this guy and so they're about to go and kill Paul and they were getting in all the soldiers coming around but Paul said I'm a Roman soldier and he got that protection um, from the Roman uh, or I was a Roman citizenship and he got that protection from the Roman soldiers but this is what it says in Acts 23 11 all these things are happening he finds himself he's confused he's, he's now a prisoner of Rome he thought he was supposed to be a pastor to Rome but he finds himself as a prisoner of Rome. And in Acts 23, verse 11, in his confusion, watch what the Lord says to him. It says, that night the Lord appeared to Paul and said, be encouraged, Paul. Everybody say, be encouraged. He said, be encouraged, Paul, just as, as you have been a witness to me here in Jerusalem. He said, you must preach the good news in Rome as well. You see, he knew that God had called him to go to Rome. He knew that that's where he's supposed to go. But he just didn't know how it's going to happen or how it's going to ha happen. See, part one, we talked about, I don't know when, but that's okay. Part two, we're going to be talking about, I don't know how, but that's okay. Turn to your neighbor and say, how is it going to happen? How will it happen? We all want to know how it's going to happen, but we have to be okay with not knowing everything, the future, step one, two, and three. We have to be okay. Come on, let's, let's pray over service together. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this place. We thank you, God, that um, we just welcome in your Holy Spirit right now. And that, Jesus, that you're just going to have your way, Father. That every mind will be open, every heart will be soft in this place to the, to the influence of your Holy Spirit. And that, God, we're not here by accident. We're here on assignment together to hear from you, Jesus, to encourage us, God, for your Holy Spirit to do what only the Holy Spirit can do. That's transform us from the inside out. So, Father, we thank you for addiction going away. Father, we thank you for depression dissipating, God. We thank you, Father, for confusion about our calling, God, going away because we begin to hear about our identity in Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for what you're going to do in this place tonight. Father, thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders. We thank you, Father, for salvations taking place, God. We thank you, Father, for your will taking place, Jesus. We're here for you, God. We're here, Father, just to celebrate your name. We love you, Jesus. And everybody says amen, amen. Why don't you just give Jesus a hand clap real quick? So Rome is the, is the center of the world right now. Rome is the most influential spot. It's the most influential city of the time. Um, uh, Rome is, is the center of everything, the center of the influence, the center of, of the intellect, the center of the power, the center of the politics. And so Paul kind of has this dream of hoping instead, instead of the world having control of, of the city of Rome, uh, instead of then planting a church in there to see that city be flipped upside down for God, for Jesus. And so the ancient city of Rome um, had big influence back in that time. But if you didn't know this, that, that city of Rome also has a big impact on you and I. Because they started a lot of things that we use every day. Uh, the city of Rome was the first one to use plumbing. Who's thankful for plumbing in this place? 
They're the first ones to uh, actually uh, do medical surgeries on people, and, and they're the first ones to uh, build roads that would last, not dirt roads, but stone roads, and um, they were the first ones uh, to actually, the ones that affects us every day, we don't even know it, they're the ones who came up with what is called the Julian calendar, or the calendar that you and I use every day. The Romans, the, the city of Rome is who came up with that. So Paul has, has heard about this church, this, this, this Roman church, and he hears about the influence, and he hears about the impact, and he wants to be in the middle of that. He wants to be a part of that. I, I almost think, now this is my opinion, it's not in Scripture, but I think Paul might have been getting slightly jealous a little bit about the Roman church because he's Apostle Paul, and he's going to all these places, starting all these churches, and he hears about this church. And again, this is in the early days of, of, of following after Jesus, and he hears about this church of Rome who's, who's having a huge impact, and he hears about the, the miracle signs and wonders that's, that's taking place. And he says, I want to be a part of that, and that's why he wrote the book of Romans saying, hey, I want to encourage you, and I also want to say I want to see you. I'm waiting for the opportunity to happen, and then God tells him that he's supposed to go and preach in Rome. So all these things are happening, but the only question God didn't answer is how is it going to happen? See, the most difficult attribute of God's will is that he doesn't share the exact details of, of how. He doesn't tell us exactly step one, two, and three of how everything is going to happen. Like, God will tell us sometimes or most of the times where we're going or give us insight of where he's taking us. He'll give us the destination, destination but he won't give us the, the exact directions uh, to get there. Um, is anybody in this place bad with driving and with directions? Anybody? Apparently, apparently I am because my wife reminds me all the time. Every time I'm driving, she's like, like I'm like, before I get in the car, like, I'm like, okay. Like, I might not, like, I, I look for directions. I make sure because let me just say my case real quick. It's not that I don't think I'm bad with directions. I just think I've really relied on the GPS way too much. Like, I've relied on that, on, on just putting everything into, you know, Apple Maps, and then if I need to go somewhere, I might not know how to get there, but I know Siri does. So I just put it into Apple Maps, and there you go, right on my phone. She even talks to me and tells me where to go, what every um, turn to take. And, and so I rely on Siri to a lot of times give me the directions of where we're going to guide us. I think that in the same way, God wants it to, to, or he doesn't reveal each turn and he doesn't reveal each step. He doesn't reveal um, everything in front of you because he wants us to rely on him to guide us. You see, if we knew the exact details and exact how of our lives, we wouldn't need God. We would see every step. We would see plan one, two, and three. We would see everything in front of us. We wouldn't even need that time to fellowship with God because we already see how everything's going to happen. But see, how God wants us to operate is that for us to rely on him daily, for us to rely on him to guide us, to give us that direction, to give us that insight. God doesn't reveal everything in a moment because I believe if he did, if he revealed everything in front of us and how it was going to happen, then it wouldn't take faith to say yes to him. It wouldn't require faith to say yes to that because we already see step one, two, and three and how everything's going to work out. And we're going to say, okay, I see how it's all going to happen. I can say yes to that, but that wouldn't require faith. 
What requires faith is us saying, God, I don't know how all of this is going to work out, but that's okay because I know you. And I know that if I follow you, just like we trust Siri to follow after the voice of a robot, if we follow after the voice of God, he won't just take us to a destination. He'll take us to our destiny. He'll take us to the places that we're called to be. And we have to rely on him to guide us there. And that leads us to point one for tonight, because when I ask myself, God, why, why don't you just explain it to me right away? God, why don't you just tell me how it's going to happen? Why don't you just remove all the, you know, anxiety and all? Why, why don't you just show me how everything's going to happen? But point one, um, one for tonight is, see, if we knew how, we wouldn't need faith. If we knew how everything was going to happen, if we knew how everything was going to work out, Faith would not be something we, needed, we would need to stretch in. Faith would not be something we need to walk in because we already see how everything would work out in our lives. But God wants us to, to have to have that reliance, that relationship that relies on him daily. Do you want to know why I have to pray every day? You want to know why we have to pray every day? Because a lot of times we don't know what we're doing. And we need to go to that place of prayer. We need to spend time in his presence to get that direction and to get that guidance. I mean, is there any witnesses in the house that says, if it wasn't for my relationship with God, I would be lost. And that's the kind of relationship he wants with us. He wants us to be relying on him every day, to be saying, God, I'm coming here for direction from you, God. God, I don't know if I should say yes to this promotion. God, I don't know if I should go there. I don't know if I should move. But that's why I have a relationship with you. Because you are my guide in this life. You are the one who gives me directions, God. And so I'm going to go for you for it. See, God might tell you what's next. He might give you the next direction. But God won't tell you, you know, one, two, three, four. He won't tell you all the rest. But he'll give you enough. He'll give you enough where you can take that step and then rely on him for the next step. And then take that step and then rely on him for the next step. And that's the kind of relationship of faith that we have to have with Jesus. If we try to get ahead of him, if we try to say, God, you know, I see where you want me to go, but God, I'm going to try to get there on my own. If we try to operate in that place, we're going to find ourselves lost and discouraged. But we have to rely on God. We have to make sure that we're relying on him each and every step of the way. We're going to turn to Acts 27. And so Paul, he, he wants to go to Rome. He, he feels called to go to Rome, but now he feels, finds himself a prisoner of Rome. And now he finds himself... Uh, being uh, really a convict, being surrounded by soldiers, and um, he is now finally headed to the city of Rome. He's, he was arrested in Jerusalem. Now he's finally headed to the city of Rome uh, for Caesar to hear his case. He's finally heading to the place that God's called him to go, but it looks nothing like how he thought it would look. Instead of him heading there as an honorary pastor, he's heading there in chains as a prisoner. And he's heading to the city of Rome. And not only that, but the boat that he is on is in the middle of the storm. So, so Paul's pretty confused right now. In Acts 27, 21, it says this. It said, no one had eaten for a long time. It says, they, they, see, they have been stuck at sea for now like a few weeks now. But it said, finally, Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left. See, earlier um, in that voyage, Paul told the captain, hey, um, I'm getting a, a sense of direction not to go this way. So let us not sail against these winds or we're going to end up um, wrecking the ship. But they didn't listen to Paul. 
Um, but he said, but that's okay. He said, he said, you would have avoided all this damage and loss. But in verse 22, he said, but take courage. Everybody say, take courage. He said, none of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of, of the God to whom I belong and to whom I serve stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial for Caesar. He's telling Paul, you will surely make it to Rome. He said, what's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage. Everybody say, take courage. See, a lot of times we, we rely on God for, for directions, right? And sometimes we will get discouraged because uh, if, if you're the type of person who needs to see everything working out in front of you before you take that step, can I just say faith is going to be really hard on you? Because faith is taking a step and not knowing what's going to happen. Faith is not taking a step and knowing exactly what's going to happen. That's not faith. That's your schedule. Having faith is just taking that step and say, God, I don't really know how, but that's okay because I know you. And if you're telling me to do this, I'm going to take that step. So Paul is taking these steps. He finds himself in a shipwreck and his boat is sinking. But he, he, he gets encouraged by the Spirit of God. And this is how you know you're following after God's will is that even when you find yourself that your boat is sinking, God is saying, whoa, 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 wait, no, 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 don't, don't you jump ship. Don't, don't, don't you think that you've done something wrong? No, you're going to make it to that destination. And the how of it might not look like how you would do it, but I have something in store for you. And so he encouraged him. When his boat was sinking, the Spirit of God encouraged him. See, God might not give you the full directions, but he will give you encouragement when you need it. See, your encouragement in times of trouble won't come from a self-help book. It won't come from a podcast. A lot of times it won't even come from, from a person. It's going to come from the Spirit of God. It's going to come from the Holy Spirit in your quiet time when you're on your hands and knees and say, God, this doesn't look like anything how I thought it would go. And God was saying, take courage because you're going to get to the other side. Your boat is sinking right now, but I saw this ahead of time. And I know it doesn't look like how you would do it, but this is how I'm doing it. And if you just trust me, if you just trust where I'm taking you, I'm going to take you to exactly where you need to be. And he encouraged Paul in that moment. Who's thankful for a God who encouraged us when we need it the most? Who's thankful for a God who knows exactly when we need to hear it? He knows exactly when we need to feel it. He knows exactly when we need to see it sometimes, too. He knows exactly what to do to give us that encouragement to keep on going with his will. So he said, so take courage. He said, for I believe God that it will be just as he said. But then he adds this, but we, we will be shipwrecked on an island. Kind of ends on a down note. <laughs> Has anybody ever tried to do God's will their way? Like, have you ever tried to do what God tells you to do, but you tried to do it how you would do it? Like, has anybody ever experimented with that? Like, God told you to start this business. business. Like, God, thank you so much, but I got it from here. Like, yeah, I, okay, if you want to do that, okay, I got it from here, and I'll do it how I want to do it. I'm going to take this course. I'm going to go to this degree. I'm going to do all the things how man tells me I should do things. But can I tell you the only way to do God's will is by doing it his way? And if you try to do it your way, and if you, try to, if, if you just try to do things on how you know how to do them, you're going to come up short. And that's the beauty of God's will, is that it requires his ways also. It requires you lean on him every moment throughout that journey. And then you're going to see you come to, you, come to that place. 
You see, Paul, like, if God told you, you are going to go and preach the good news to Rome, your first thought would be taking first class, right, on some fancy airline and flying to Rome, right? Your thought isn't being shipwrecked on a boat. Your thought isn't, okay, God, you want me to go to Rome? Okay, uh, God, I'll do that, and I'll, you know, I might even go on a vacation over there, and this, this, this. Like, your thought isn't what, how God would get you there. But a lot of times, that's how it works. If we try to make things how we would do it, we mess it up. But if we say, God, not how I would do it, how you would do it. Even if it means putting me in a situation that I feel out of control sometimes, but if you are the one leading me, I'm going to do it no matter what. That's point two for tonight is that we can't do God's will our way. We can't do God's will our way. It doesn't matter how hard you try. You're not as smart as God. It doesn't matter how long you try. <laughs> you, you, you don't have the insight that God has. You don't have the know-how that God has. And that's the beauty of faith. That's the beauty of being a follower of Jesus Christ is now we don't have to do this life alone. We don't have to live this life by our own understanding no longer. We don't have to live this life by our, our own human limitations no longer. We have this opportunity. We have this access. We have now this way that we can say, God, I'm going to follow after you through faith, and you're going to lead me to this place. I don't know how, but that's okay because I'm going to follow after you each step of the way. And that's how you get to places that no man can take you. That's how you reach places that you never dreamed of going. Is there any witnesses in the house can say when you get to somewhere God's telling you to go and you finally get there, you say, God, I don't know how I got here, but I know it's you who led me here. And I never envisioned myself getting to this place. And if, if it was up to us, we, 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 like if God would have told you how everything was going to work out and he laid out how you were going to get there, who knows, we might even not have the faith to say yes. We would look at it all and we say, that's a good plan, but I see I'm going to shipwreck somewhere right there, and I see, like, okay, God, I don't like how this is going to happen, you know? But instead, God just told Paul, hey, Paul, you're going to Rome. He left out the shipwrecking part. He, he left out all these other parts, but see, we don't know how, but that's okay. That's our job is, is, is faith. It's not knowing the future. Our job is saying, God, I'm following after you. You see, if, he, if God laid out all the steps in front of you, we'd be too afraid to say yes to God. But God says, no, you don't have to know it all. You just have to know me and follow after me when I say, and you're going to end up where I want you to go. Who's thankful for Jesus Christ in this place? We can't do God's will our way. We have to do God's, God's will his way. Now we go to Acts 28. So now the boat has sank. Now it... it the, what has happened, the, the, what is feared to happen has happened. The boat has sank. And remember, during all this time, this whole journey we're looking at, this is Paul's journey to Rome. Paul's journey to the place that God called him to go. And this is how he is getting there. In Acts 28, the boat has sank, and they have all washed up on some random island. In Acts 28, verse 7 through 10, it says this, in verse 7. It says, near the shore where we landed was an estate belonging to Publius. That's an interesting name. Don't name your kids that. The chief official of the island. He welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. As it happened, Publius' father was ill with fever and dysentery. But Paul went in and prayed for him and laid his hands on him, and he healed him. 
Can I just say real quickly that the power of healing is for us today? Can I just say that the book of Acts isn't where the power of God ended, but that's where the church was birthed and it began really, and there's so many greater things happen today. If anybody's discouraged in this place because of some ailment in the body, can I say that Jesus can take that away? That by his stripes we are healed, and when we plead the blood of Jesus over ourselves and begin to pray that God willing, we will be healed. Who's thankful that that power is for us today? And that's why I love the praise report so much, because sometimes we can be discouraged, but when we see what God did for somebody else, we can take that as encouragement that God can do that for us. So submit your praise reports. A little plug. In verse 9, it says, Then all the other sick people on the island came and were healed. Verse 10, And as a result, we were showered with honors. And when the time came to sail, people supplied us with everything we would need for the trip. So Paul, he, he, he's on his way to Rome. First, his boat sinks. Then he washes up on some random island. And on this random island, island that was supposed to be a detour, not the destination, people are being healed. People are being saved. People who would still be sick has it not been for Paul's shipwreck would not have been healed, but the place that was supposed to be the detour, not the destination, God is still working. Sometimes we can think on, on our way to the destination and we get stuck somewhere. We look around and say, God, are you still in control? Yes, he's still in control. Yes, God is still doing something in your life. Yes, God still wants to use you, even in places that you never thought you would be. Even in places that you think to yourself, hey, this is a detour right now. I'm on my way over here, and I'm stuck right here. God, like, I, this isn't where I'm supposed to be. But can I say God wants to use you there? God wants to use you in that place? Because, see, these aren't the Romans who, who Paul is healing. This is, these are Maltans. These are the people of Malta. These are the people who, see, the people of Malta wasn't on Paul's mind, but the people of Malta was on God's mind. See, the people of Malta's needs... They, Paul had no awareness of it, but God had every awareness of the needs of the people in Malta. So what turned out to be Paul's shipwreck was, in a way, salvation for the people of Malta. What was somebody's, what they would have said, detour, or what they would say was, was an inconvenience, was somebody else's opportunity to see their body be healed and see their lives be saved. What I'm going to try to say is this is point number three, is that God's plan isn't just for us or doesn't just involve us or just isn't about us. One of the most confusing things we do as Christians is thinking that the world revolves around us. We think that if God's plan is for us to be successful, God's plan is for, is for me to get this and me to get that and me to get there. No, can I say that God's plan is for you to reach people for his glory? That it's not just about you. That is about people that you have no idea even exist, but God knows they exist. They're about these people in Malta that you never even heard of, or the people across, like, like they're about people, God's plan that involves you is about people that you never even seen, you never even heard about, that you might not even know that you're impacting, but God's plan is so big, it doesn't just involve us. See, Paul thought he was just going to Rome. Paul didn't know that he was about to lead a, a healing ministry on the island of Malta, but God knew that. And that's how God, his how works, is that it doesn't just involve us. It's not just about me. It's not just about you. It's about the whole body of Christ. It's about everybody that God can impact, that God can, can be able to plant a seed in their heart just by you saying yes to him. See, Malta, 
Malta is translated to, to refuge in, uh, in the Greek language. And I've heard commentators say many times that Malta was a place of refuge for Paul, which I believe they are right. But can I also say that maybe that Paul was a refuge for Malta? That if it wasn't for Paul being shipwrecked on Malta, that they would have never heard about the name of Jesus. And that might, they would still be lost and they would still be hurting. And all those people would not have been healed. What I want to say is this. You might find your place and season of life that feels like Malta. It might feel like this is not how God would do it. And this is definitely not how I would do it. Because I'm in this place. I'm, you think you're in a transition season. You think you're, you're in, a, in a season that, that it's not special. But can I say there's, there's people around you that God sent you there on assignment for a reason. That was to impact people. Like maybe that part-time job isn't just a time of transition. What if that's a time of ministry? For God to say, I know you don't know why you're here right now, but can I say there's people who have needs that are around you that you're meant to impact. I know you want to get over there. I know you have these places you want to go, but it's on the journey that God uses us the most. It's on the journey that we impact people the most. It's on the journey with Jesus that we're able to see the spots and the places that God uses us to impact people. There's been so many times where I thought it was a, a, a sense of, of inconvenience or maybe bad luck that I ended somewhere or ended this. But then I realized, I took a deep breath and I looked around and I saw that maybe God has me here for a reason. Maybe this isn't some place out of inconvenience. What if I'm on an assignment right now and it's not an accident? What if you find your place in the season you are right now? And what if you're there not by accident? What if that's... Uh, that job that, that you say, hey, this is just an in-between job, I'm not here for long. What if God has you there for a reason? What if God has you part of that family for a reason? We're all about to go see the family for Thanksgiving, right? What if God takes us to places along the journey that are not meant to be overlooked? They're not meant to say, oh, this is just a time when I'm waiting for my time to shine when I get on the other side, not when I'm in the in-between. But it's that's where God uses us the most. See, Paul made the most impact. When you read the scripture, he actually made the most impact not at the destination, but at the detour of Malta. He made the biggest impact. Now, because he got to Rome and he eventually did. We're going to get to that. But he did so much more on the way. He did so much more for God on the way. Can I say that God has things for you on the way to his next? Can I say that God has things in store for you on the way to what he has for you? That if we just look around every instant, every day, every moment, every place, God has something for us to make an impact for him. Y'all love Jesus in this place? That is the beauty of God. That's the mysteries of God. Is that we don't know how it's all going to work out, but that's for a reason. Because it's not just about us. Our plan is not just about us. There's, there's people who we have no idea about that God wants to help, that the Holy Spirit wants to heal, that souls need to be saved. And it involves us all saying, God, uh, you call me here, but I'm going to give the how up to you because I'm going to follow after you, Jesus. I'm going to see where you lead me, and I'm going to impact on the people around me. I'm closing tonight. Y'all can stand. You can stand and See, it reminds me, story of Paul and Malta. It reminds me one time when I was, I can say, question God how all this happened. 
found myself um, in the hospital for a long time. It was about, uh, about three weeks. And we were asking God, God, why am I still here? Why hasn't my, my, my right lung had collapsed and it hadn't healed yet? And the doctors were confused of why it wasn't sealing, why it wasn't healing. And we were confused too because we were praying every day. And we're saying, God, why is this happening? But can I tell you, during that time, I was at uh, the Texas Children's Hospital in, in, in Houston. At that time, I was there for three weeks, that my mama was there every day. And if you know my mama, you know this, that she loves Jesus. And every day, she would visit different people's rooms. Every day, somebody different. And every day, she would pray for somebody. Every day she would spend time with them. Every day, and I would hear words back of what was happening and, and what God was doing and, and how people were being encouraged because so many parents were freaking out because if, if you've ever been into the Texas Children's Hospital, it's huge. And there's, there's little children who are experiencing real pain and, and cancer and, and so many things and diseases and so many confusing moments of parents saying, why is this happening? And I remember saying, God, maybe, maybe, why, why am I still here? Maybe that, that's why, God, you're, you're using this. But there was also a nurse who was there during that whole three weeks. And this nurse uh, didn't want nothing to do about Jesus. But about three weeks into it, my mom was talking to her and, and talking to her and talking. It's like she's been talking to her for weeks. And finally, <laughs> finally she gave in. So you know those people that you have to just like, you know, like, hey, I'm talking to you about Jesus, you know, whether you like it or not. I don't say do that all the time, but sometimes it's necessary. And she was talking, and eventually that, that seeds that were planting was coming to fruition. And on that third week, the last of the third week, that nurse got saved and gave her life to Jesus. And what's even more awesome, shortly after she got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it was crazy. We got what's happening. And I tell you, the very next day, overnight, my lung was healed and sealed, and I was released from that hospital. What I realized is this, is that, yeah, I was in the hospital, and yeah, that was a moment of transition. But what if God's plan is bigger than us? What if this house is bigger than us? What if God was thinking about the impact that could be made on the people around us while we were there in that, in that season? Or what, what the impact could, or what if God was just thinking about that nurse? It's knowing if, hey, I know on that third week, that's when that nurse is finally going to give in. And so, Caleb, yeah, you might have to stay in the hospital for three weeks, but it's for a reason. You might not know how, but that's okay. Let me worry about that. I'm doing everything for a reason. See, that's how God works. I'm going to close with Acts chapter 28, verse 30. So Paul finally arrives to Rome. And it says, for the next two years, Paul lived in Rome at his own expense. And he welcomed all who visited him, boldly proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. And no one tried to stop him. See, Paul finally made it to Rome. And it didn't look nothing like how he thought it would happen. He, he looked back and he made it to the place that God called him to, to, to go. And he looked back and he, and he saw how God did it. And he said, that's not how I would do it. Is anybody who's ever made it to somewhere in life who maybe God promised you to be a parent, God promised you to start a business, and you get to that place where God called you to go and you look back and say, God, I would not have done it like this. But who knows, that's the only way you would have made it to that place. It's the only way you could have made it to the place that God wants you to be. I'm going to close with this thought. 
So if we can just follow the who, we won't ever need to figure out the how. If we can just follow the who, that is Jesus, we don't ever have to figure out how. That anxiety we feel about having to know how everything's going to work out, how the finances are going to work out, how this is going to work, how, the, how, how all the time it's going to work out, how, 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 how. Can I say right now that we can relieve ourselves of that anxiety? We can relieve ourselves of those worries. Jesus said, cast all worries upon me because he said, tomorrow has enough worries for itself. If we can just follow after Jesus, you won't ever have to figure out how. Because God will take care of that. He's going to tell you where to go and what to do. He's going to tell you what next step to take and what next step to, to direction to have in your life. What I feel in this moment, what the Holy Spirit wants to do is remove the anxiety of how it's going to happen, God. Some of us have said this prayer. Say, God, how am I going to start that business? God, how am I get to that place you're calling me to go? God, how are my children going to be saved? God, how is my marriage going to be healed? God, how is it going to happen? And we've been staying up at night trying to figure out how on our own, staying up late, feeling anxious, feeling, God, how is it going to happen? Can I say the place to know how is by spending time with the who, spending time with Jesus, spending time in his presence. With every head bowed, with your eyes closed and hand lifted. Father, we just pray over this moment right now, Jesus, that you remove that anxiety that we have in life. Father, we feel like we're directionless. We feel like we're clueless. We feel like we don't know what we're doing with our life. But God, can I say that's okay? Can I say, Father, that if we just put our faith in you, we don't know, we don't have to know how. We don't know, we don't have to, to know how everything's gonna work out. We just have to know you, Jesus. We just have to follow after your voice. We just have to make sure we're saying yes to you. We just have to make sure we're spending time with the creator of heaven and earth, the Alpha and Omega, that if we do that, if we spend time in your presence, you're going to give us the direction for our families. You're going to give us the direction for the career path that we're so anxious to know what to do. God, can I say the answers are in you. It's in your name. It's in your presence. It's in the time of prayer. It's in the time of worship. It's in the time we say, Father, I don't know how it's going to work out, God, but that's okay because I know you. I'm going to follow after you, Jesus. I'm going to follow after your voice. I'm not going to let the enemy convince me of insecurities no longer. I'm not going to let the enemy convince me that I'm lost. I don't know what I'm doing, but God, I'm going to remind the enemy that I know the creator. I know the father. I know the person who has my calling in his hands. And if I just spend time with him, I don't know, have to know how anymore because I know who. Come with every hand lifted. Begin just to worship Jesus in this moment. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.